welcome to sharing real hope. My name is Mike Hall. Would you pray with me this wonderful prayer found in Matthew chapter 6 and in Luke chapter 11? It is uh, probably the most familiar prayer in all of Scripture. And here we go. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, if you've had any exposure whatsoever to the Christian faith, you've probably heard or said this prayer probably many times. And it is uh, something that Jesus gave His disciples in response to a request they made of Him. Uh, You know, when uh, someone followed a rabbi, they would ask that rabbi to write prayers for them, to uh, give them prayers. And these disciples had been watching Jesus and watching His prayer life. And they asked Him to teach them to, to pray. And he gave them this, what we know commonly as the Lord's Prayer. Better stated, it would be the model prayer. And this is the second time in Scripture that we find this, because the first time that uh, we see it is when Jesus was giving that great sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And part of that sermon in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, uh, verse 9 rather, is this model prayer that Jesus gave. You know, uh, prayer is something that we all desperately need to do in our lives. Prayer is simply the communication of our heart, the sincere communication of our heart to Almighty God. And uh, if, if there's anything that's going to make a difference in, in people's hearts, it is crying out to God, asking for God in His power to, to change things. Only God can make a change. We live in a day right now, as I make this video, we live in a day when uh, the world is in great turmoil and we divide up into all kinds of different groups and tribes and we're at each other all the time and uh, and there's 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 crime and there's there's uh, hatred and there's war and there's death and there's sickness uh, and and on and on it goes and and it's overwhelming at times but I want to tell you that there is a great God upon whom we can call with this gift that He's given us, this gift of prayer. And as we call out to Almighty God, God changes things. He changes the hearts of people. And, and He gives us the strength to go on. Uh, he gives us hope in Him. And it happens as we sincerely pray to Him. Well, in this prayer that Jesus gave, we see several things. Could I just quickly overview this prayer and and let you see what's going on here because when the disciples said teach us to pray that's just what Jesus was doing he gave them a model 
upon which to base the prayer. Now, there's nothing wrong with repeating this prayer, but when we do it in a ritualistic sense and we just kind of say the words uh, without meaning them in our heart, when we kind of just do it to go through the motions of some kind of uh, pseudo-worship, it's not good. Um, Again, nothing wrong with repeating this prayer, but the original intent of it was to give us a model by which we learn to pray ourselves. And so, let's overview. What are the ingredients uh, of the characteristics of this prayer? Well, first of all, our Father. There is the paternity of this prayer. He is our Father. God is our Father. Now notice it says, Our Father who is in heaven, not my Father who is in heaven. And there's a reason for that. You see, God is our Father, but God is not, in in the same sense, my Father. Only one could say that, and that was Jesus. Jesus had a unique relationship with God. Uh, He is God, a very God. God was my Father to Jesus. In other words, uh, they were both divine. They were both the one God manifested in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus had that that unique relationship. John uh, 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten, His unique Son. Jesus is God the Son. I am a Son of God. Do you see the difference there? Uh, We are all uh, who believe, who trust, who follow Jesus. We are all sons of God, small s, but Jesus is the Son, capital S, of God. And so in that sense, uh, only Jesus could say, my Father. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In John 10.30, he said, I and the Father are one. There was that unique, one-of-a-kind relationship in that they are both God in that one uh, one God. But uh, we can look to God as our Father, and, and I am so glad that He is. He's our Father in a couple of senses. One, He's our Father in that He created us. And two, for those of us who believe, He is our Father in that He redeemed us and forgave us and restored us into relationship with Him. He is Abba, Father. Abba was the Aramaic term for, for, for uh, a dad, dearest daddy. It was a term of endearment, and so it's a great way to begin the prayer. And Jesus taught us to begin that prayer recognizing the paternity of Almighty God. But then it goes on to say, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. There is not only the paternity, but the person of God. We recognize who God is. When any time in the scripture, when it talks about name, the name is equal to that person. In the scriptures, uh, when somebody was given a name, uh, it it meant more then than it does today. Um, Today, the comparison probably would be nicknames. You know, we give people nicknames based on characteristics of that person. Um, and, and I'm not going to give examples to that, but you know what I'm talking about. Well, in that day, the name of a person reflected who they were. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed to be reverenced, to be worshipped. Um, your name is your character, all of who you are. We're recognizing the personhood of God. I love what 
Exodus chapter 34, uh, verses 5 and following says, The Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him, and that him was Moses, as he called on the name of the Lord. Listen to what it says. Then the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed. Here he's going to proclaim his name. And here's what God says. The Lord, the God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression and sin. So there it is. There is a quick description of God, of God, some of God's characteristics because His name is who He is, and, and it describes uh, His very person. So, uh, we begin with the paternity of God. He's our Father. We continue with recognizing and reverencing in our prayer life the person of God. Do you notice we haven't gotten to even to the point of asking for anything yet? And so Jesus, in teaching us how to pray, giving us a model for prayer, says that we begin by acknowledging our Father and by acknowledging His person, who He is, and, and, and uh, worshiping, hallowed be Your name, worshiping, reverencing the name of God. You know, when we recognize to whom we're speaking and the power of and, and, and the mercy and the relationship to whom we're speaking, the rest of the prayer goes much, much better. I, you know, if you were coming to my house and uh, you wanted to request something of me, you probably wouldn't knock on the door and go straight to the point. Uh, there would be, uh, hello, how are you doing? And, and, and there would be some, uh, 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 some talk, some chatter between us before you got to that point. Well, in prayer, it is so much more important to acknowledge and worship and being the presence of God. Uh, that's part of this model that Jesus has given us, and it's so very, very important. Well, the paternity of God, the person of God. But then look at the the next one. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is a, we're asking for the preeminence of God, that God would rule and reign in, in, in everything. And, and uh, we could uh, talk about that. First of all, his kingdom is his rule. It's his sovereign rule. And it begins in conversion. You know, when we pray for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, we're praying that people would uh, turn to God and yield to God and be converted from their sins to become a child of God. Your kingdom come in the life of Johnny who doesn't know you. May he be converted. Your kingdom come in the life of Sue who doesn't know you yet, who's not following you. It is asking God for the conversion of lost uh, people that are separated from God. But then, uh, when we pray, Your kingdom come, it is a prayer of commitment to, Lord, may we be committed to uh, obeying You in every aspect of our life. Your kingdom come. Your rule in my life. You take over my life. Help me to yield to Your uh, commands, to Your principles, to Your way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. But then ultimately, when we pray, Your kingdom come, Your will be done, we're praying for that coming again one day when Jesus will come to rule forever and ever. Your kingdom come, Your will be done. We are asking for the preeminence of Almighty God. Verse 11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. There we're asking for God's provision. And you know... 
Uh, We can say, I worked for it. I did it. I'm a self-made person. But none of that is true. You didn't give yourself life. You don't make your heart beat. You don't make the brain waves work in in you. It, it It is all a provision of Almighty God. And as we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We are saying on a moment by moment basis, we are depending on God to provide everything that we need. Well, let me just move on quickly. He says, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. There we're praying for pardon, for God's pardon. You know, the Word of God says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that we are if we confess our sins, and literally if we are confessing our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That initial time when we ask God to forgive us and we turn our life over to Jesus Christ, but then a true believer in an ongoing lifestyle is sensitive to sin in his his or her life and is confessing. To confess is to agree with God, saying, God, yes, I failed. That was wrong. I turn from that. I repent of that. And we see God's pardon in our lives. And then uh, verse 13 says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There we we're asking for God's protection, God's protection over us. And surely uh, God wants us to pray and depend on Him for protection. So we acknowledge God's paternity. He is our Father. We acknowledge His personhood, who He is, and worship Him for that. Uh, We ask for His preeminence, His kingdom to come. We ask for His provision, our daily bread. We ask for His pardon, forgive us. And we ask for His protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Here is a model for the way to pray. I trust that you'll go to Matthew chapter 9 and look at verses 9 and following, or Luke chapter 11, and see how Jesus teaches us to pray. And I trust that your prayer life will be enriched by these truths in the Word of God. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.